0: Welcome to Making Your Mark with God with your host, Sapphire Berry, where you'll find encouragement from the scriptures and discover how to run the race marked out for you. Now, here's Sapphire. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Sapphire Berry with Milk and Honey Ministries, and I got a word that I have been sitting on for two years now. And COVID-19 coronavirus has pushed me on out of the box and brought this message to a climax. Um, And it's going to be a hard say, you know, in the Bible, how Jesus told the disciples that if you want to be a part of me, you know, to be a part of me, you need to eat of my body and drink of my blood. And the disciples said to him, Lord, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Meaning who can understand it? And it is, it's a hard saying. This word is a hard say. And for some of you, it's going to rattle your cage. And that's what I, I guess that's what it's intended to do, because the word at times can be extremely offensive, but don't get offended take heed and let's all get set free in the name of Jesus. Cause the truth sets us free. Uh, if I had to title this, I would title this who or what has persuaded you. And the question is, where are you in these last days that we're living in? And what I mean by that is what is your position in these end time days? Uh, are you persuaded, or I should say, how much are you as persuaded by the environment around you, or TV, or college, university, uh, a radio program, like whatever you're listening to or hearing to? Because whatever you focus on, whatever your attention uh, is on, whatever has your ear has a tendency to to pull you in that direction. And you know it's so because the Bible talks about it in Genesis 10, excuse me, Genesis 13, starting at about verse seven, how Lot's herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen got into strife and they got into strife over the land because they both were rich and had a lot of cattle and sheep and horses and donkeys and goats. And that there was strife between them in terms of where the cattle should go and eating uh, of the land. And Abraham said, let there be no strife between us. The whole land is before us. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And the Bible says Abraham chose Canaan, and Lot chose the plains of Jordan. He chose the whole valley, the plains of Jordan. And the Bible says that he pitched his tent toward Sodom. He didn't go into Sodom. He just pitched his tent toward Sodom. And the next thing that you see is that Lot is not only in Sodom, but he's some kind of gatekeeper because he's the one sitting at the gate when the two angels came to check out the city to see exactly what was going on in the city. See, whatever we focus on, whatever has our attention, has a tendency to pull us. And here's something. The word S-I-N, the Bible says, uh, Sodom was exceeding wickedly, a wicked city. Um, I want to read it correctly. It says, but the men of Sodom were wicked sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Sin. Is not just a word, S-I-N, there's power behind it. It has power uh, in that word. Um, but let me just go on to this. The Bible says, guard your heart. And there's only three ways that anything can get down on the inside of your heart. The Bible said, guard your heart, because out of your heart flows the issues of life. It controls how you think. It has to do with, as I say, your position, your uh perspective on things, the position that you take. I remember, um, this is about four years ago before my husband died. And we were sitting on the couch looking at a movie, something on TV, and the commercial came on. And the commercial was advertising this burger. And my husband, Max, used to always say coupons. We did a lot of traveling during the time. And we always had coupons that we were on the road to stop wherever we were and just get something quick on the road to go. And this this burger was the meat and the cheese and onion and bell pepper and mushrooms and the sauce and I mean the juice was dripping. I said, baby because that had hooked me. I mean, it had hooked me. Hook, line, and sinker reeled me right on in. was nothing on my mind, but do we have any coupons because I want to go get this burger. And that was the whole intent of it. See, and it got me because I was looking, I was focused on it. I was looking on it. It got my attention. It got down on the inside of me. The Bible said, guard your heart. And like I said, there's only three ways anything can get down to your heart. That's your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate. See, whatever you're looking at, whatever you focus on, whatever you hear. I said, what kind of, what radio shows are you listening to? And what you saying out of your own mouth, because faith coming by hearing. And it doesn't matter who's saying it. Faith is coming by hearing and hearing what you're saying out of your own mouth. And your heart is alive, you know it is. You hear it beating day and night. It's alive. See, the Bible said, "Guard it, guard it." See, and, and I say, "What has persuade, persuaded you? What have you been focused on that has caused you to think the way you're thinking in this 2020 that we are living in?" Because, baby, these days that we living in with this some these end time days, these are some evil days that we're living in. Um, And the question is, see, here's the thing. The scripture, Isaiah 10 and one says, woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that right grievousness which they have prescribed. They, who is they, they is spiritual wickedness in high places they is rulers of the darkness of this world. See, calling evil good and good evil, calling light darkness and darkness light or reverse it, calling darkness light and light darkness. See, and that's what I want to say, like who or what has persuaded you to think what you're thinking or to uh, go along with What's going on in the world? Like, what is your position on these things? And can you distinguish between light and darkness, between truth or error? And Proverbs 28.1 say, the righteous are as bold as a lion. See, if you can distinguish between light or darkness, are you bold enough to say that's a lie? And I don't care who said it. It's a lie from the pits of hell. The Bible say that the devil is the father of lies, that he's the father of lies. And that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. And let's just study the thing out. Let's just, I want to take my time and just study the thing out. If you go with me over to Isaiah 5 and 20. Turn in your Bibles to 5 and 20 because it's not enough that I look at it. You got to look at it with your own eyes. See, because the the Holy Spirit has a way to make the word jump off to you where it ministers life to you. It's not good enough that I say it. Open the word of God and let's look at Isaiah 5 and 20. The Bible says, woe unto them that cause evil good and good evil that puts darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And 521 says, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent, meaning well-advised, shrewd, judicious in their own sight, establishing ordinances, ordinances. That should not be calling evil good and good evil in these days. And as I said, the devil is a lie and the father of lies. See, and woe. Who is woe? The Amplified says woe means judgment is coming. The Good News and the Message Bible says woe means doom. And I say it's an invitation to trouble. Why? Because you don't win. Jesus asked, Paul, as he was on the road to Damascus, Paul, Paul, why are you uh, persecuting me? And why are you kicking against the prick? See, why are you going against the grain? Because only a fool wants to box with God because you don't win. I'm not talking about man. I'm talking about El Shaddai. I'm talking about God. Only a fool would attempt to box against God. So he asked him, why are you kicking? Why are you kicking against the prick? Because you don't win. See, we don't win going against what God has established. And here's one of the main points I want to bring out. This is not your show. This is God's show. We only have a part to play. We didn't write the script. God wrote the script. This is his show. See, and we have taken the thing and just run with the thing. And are you anchored? Are you anchored where you know the difference between light and darkness and between bitter from sweet, no matter who says it's okay, no matter who says it's okay, like because the ex-president says that it's okay. What's his criteria based on and what is your criteria based on? What is your measuring rod? See, what are you bouncing it up against? And it cannot be, well, everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. The devil is a liar. The Bible say if the blind lead the blind, everybody falls in the ditch. Everybody falls into the pit. The Bible also says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Proverbs 16, 25, and Proverbs 14, 12. Listen to me. The Bible also says, wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many, many there be that find that. But straight, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life, and few there be that find that. See, it's so important that you ask yourself, why am I thinking, why did I, who told me that that was okay? Who persuaded you that certain things that are going on in this 2020 is okay? And what are you basing it on? Is it based on the word of God? What's your criteria? See, because you uh, have a favorite movie star or a, a favorite actor and you really like them. And I know it because I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. People that I really like, I think they're great actors and great actresses. I mean, they really do excellent movies, but I can't base my opinion on what they think. That is a role that they are playing. That's not saying who they really are in real life. See, and because they take a pers- certain position, I can't take that position because I don't know who they are in real life. That role that they play in, that's play acting. That is play acting. That's not real life. Hear me. See, uh uh-uh. uh, who has persuaded you? You know, the Bible says, let a man examine himself to see whether or not he's in the faith. Come on now. See, why and how you're thinking the way you think? Examine your own self. Let, let me share something with you. You know, in in in, in uh, it's I, I, actually I believe in all the gospels. You know, Jesus asked the disciples, "Who do men say that I am?" Somebody over here said, "Well, some say that you, Elijah." Somebody else said, well, some say John the Baptist risen from the dead. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? See, that's so important that you understand that. That's why the Bible say, let a man examine him own self. He said, "Know you're not your own selves. You don't know your own self because we all got to stand before God almighty of what we have done in this earth realm, in this body. See, Big Mama, Mama, nobody can stand for me. I gotta stand before God for me. God is the, what did you do when while you were in this earth realm while you were in time? And it's not going to be about nobody else but you. Jesus said, "Who do you say that I am?" The question, all the question, boils down to you. What is your position? How do you think? What do you think about this? See, who persuaded you? Where did you get that thinking from? Who told you that was okay? See, who told you that that was right? Now. And and I want to look at I want to look at the amplified Bible here. I want to look at the amplified go with me to Ephesians 4:14 4, in the amplified. Cuz the Bible says so that you are no longer children spiritually immature Tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery, unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. See, that you are henceforth no more children tossed to and fro. By everyone and doctor, well, we're doing it this way. This is what they say is okay, so we're doing that now. Oh, well, this is what they say is okay now, so we're doing that. Who do you, where are you? See, who has persuaded you to think what you're thinking, the way that you're thinking that made you believe that all this stuff that's going on now, that it's okay? Uh-uh, uh-uh. And I believe with all my heart, Coronavirus is not an accident. Coronavirus is not happenstance. Coronavirus is judgment. I want you to go with me because I said we're going to study the thing out. I want you to go with me to Psalms 106, 29. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your high name. 106.29, and I want to use this um, as an example, uh, because I want you to see God. I want you to see God. 106.29 says, thus they provoked him, talking about the Lord, to anger with their inventions, meaning with their doings, the stuff they were doing. Plague break in upon them. See, plagues, epidemics and pestilence are judgment from God. Plagues have come about society throughout history for a variety of reasons. If you examine Exodus 7, uh, the seventh chapter all the way to chapter 10, you can see there was a whole lot of plagues. That occurred because of a variety of reasons, but it was judgment. It was that God was trying to teach you something. God was trying to get a message across to you. God was trying to wake you up because, see, I believe even though we're experiencing coronavirus, that it's a window. It's a window where God is trying to shake us to wake you up, to come to yourself. The Bible says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make a man come to himself you know, to wake you up. That coronavirus is no joke. We are at 80, we are past 89,000 deaths right now. 89,000. Do you hear me? That ain't no joke. And the nation is not even grieving. And worldwide, now this is just in the United States, but worldwide, globally, we had at 313,000 973. I mean, that's where we were a few hours ago. I mean, I'm sure it's gone up since that time. This is no joke. And the Bible said it rains on the unjust as well as the just. See, for God to get a point across or to prove something or to make us come to ourselves The just is suffering as a result of the message trying to reach the unjust because it's a window for repentance for us to turn from our wicked ways, you know, and come to yourself. All of us, me included, because I am not speaking from a condescending place, you know, I'm judging me, I'm dealing with me. To make sure i got my acting. Because I fear the Lord. I'm scared of the Lord. I don't want to be on the wrong side of God. I don't want to experience the wrath of God. Because baby, it ain't no joke. It ain't nothing to play with. Nothing to play with. Okay. Now, now let me share something with you. As I'm talking about this, I want to talk about abortion. Because this is one of the issues that I believe coronavirus is fueled by that has given coronavirus wings. Since 1973, the law of Roe versus Wade, which was overturned in 1973, 60 million babies have been killed. 60. 60 million babies have been killed. Now, Go with me over to Genesis 4 and 10, because this is profound. Let's look at it and study it out. Genesis 4 and 10. And let me back up. Let me back up to verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him, killed him. And the Lord said unto Cain, where's your brother Abel? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And one of the translations said, am I my brother's babysitter? See, And verse 10 says, and he talking about God said, what have you done? Thy brothers, the voice of thy brother's blood crieth to me from the ground. Now, the Bible says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. Malachi 6 and I believe verse 9 says, I am the Lord and I change not. Now, if Abel's blood was crying out, do you not think that these sixty million babies' blood is not crying out unto the Lord about avenge me, avenge me of my blood, where I was innocently put to death through abortion because of your decision, so you, because you out there living Im- immoral and frivolously you know, thinking abortion is the solution. Abortion is not the solution. Never. See, that's the works of the devil. That's the hand of the devil. That's the thinking of the devil. That's the persuasion of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, not low places, high places, see places of authority that are making decisions. That's what I said. Ordinances that should not be where it's okay with man, but it is not okay with God. See and now you're persuaded by this thinking that it is okay and it's not okay. And I, Revelation 6 and 9, let's go there, let's go there, Revelation 6 and 9. The Bible said, let everything be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Revelation 6 and 9 says, and when he talking about Jesus had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? How clear is that? Is there any room for error? Now that's two witnesses. Okay, I studied the book of Enoch. And Enoch talks about how the angel's took him, because Enoch didn't die. The Bible said he, he just was not no more. The angels came and got him. God was pleased with Enoch. And The angels were taking Enoch around, showing him, you know, different levels of heaven. We know that there are three levels, at least, because 2 Corinthians confirms it. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2, where he was ascended and lifted to the third heaven where paradise is. And Enoch talks about the different levels and places that he went to. In this particular scene and chapter, chapter, he talks about That the angel Raphael, the archangel Raphael took him to Sheol, S-H-E-O-L or Gehenna or hell. And that he could see four hollow places. And, And he said they were wide, deep, dark, and smooth. He said, and one of them there was, uh, it was bright, and it had the fountain of water dwelling and flowing inside of it, but the other three were dark. And he said that he asked him, what is this? What, what What is this? And he said, this is the place for the dead where they come and are here until judgment, which I so can relate to it now, understanding that this is how, the, the Catholic uh, believe in uh, purgatory and how when the Bible talks about in in the, the, the Gospels where Lazarus died and he could see uh, Abraham and he was saying, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, send Lazarus back to speak to my brothers are that he would dip his finger in a drop of blood, of water and bring it and cool my tongue. This is the rich, this is the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler who could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom and was saying, send Lazarus back to minister to my brothers to tell my brothers, don't come to this place and send him to dip his finger in water and, and and drop it on my tongue and Abraham told him there's a great a gulf between you and me that I can't cross. That explains that. See, it changed once Jesus died because the Bible says he led captivity captive. So all those that were there then went up with Jesus. But during Enoch's time and during this time, they were in these hollow places. And Enoch could see like this one person spirit just making his suit, S U I T. That's how they call it. S U I T. And Enoch asked, "Raphael, the angel, who is that?" Well, who is that? What is what is his be of Cain, whom he slew, and that he is crying out, when are you going to avenge me of my blood and wipe out his descendants from off the face of the earth? See, that's three witnesses, the physical, the blood spoke, Revelation, Genesis, the blood speaks, Revelation says the souls under the altar are crying out. And Enoch is two references there. One says it was the spirit of the dead man. He could see said, I could see the spirit of a dead man making his suit and crying out, out to the gates of heaven. And then the next reference says, the soul of the spirit was, was crying out. You know, making his suit to heaven, like, how long? When are you going to avenge me? spirit soul and body three part tribe see this thing is real now if god say he's a god that changed not and that that he's the same yesterday today and forever if abel's blood cried out and 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 genesis witnesses it enoch witnesses and in revelation the souls of the saints that have been killed unjustly are crying out of their blood is crying. Now, do you not think that these 60 million babies blood is not crying out before the Lord? Come on. You kidding me? And he say he's a God that changed not? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I mean, we don't even have to deal with the pedophilia that is going on in the Catholic institutions nowadays and has been for years and years and years and where the Pope and the Cardinals know about it and knew about it and did nothing and allowed them to stay in their positions and just move them around from one location to the next. I mean, do you think that that's okay with the Lord? See, and I ain't talking about man. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about El Shaddai. I'm talking about Yahweh. I'm talking about Elohim. Do you think that that is acceptable with God? See, and, and there's this movie out now called spotlight. All you got to do is pull it up. You can pull it up. It's out that deals with, cause spotlight was a newspaper and the newspaper got wind of it and did a report on a full report on it. And I think it was either 80 or 93 priests. They got their names and everything that were guilty and had been, um, messing with these children. And, um, one particular scene where the priest goes to one of the single moms home and she's all happy and honored that father baloney whatever his name was would come there and visit you know and she trying to fix a little something some little tea little coffee little cookies whatever she had fix a little something something for him she's honored father baloney is here and then he stays for a little while, and then he suggests, oh, let me take him to have ice cream, to go get ice cream. And the mom is elated about it. He, you know, he's a, a, a male figure, and there's no dad image in the kid's life. And she lets him go, and the kid is all excited and happy about it, and they go and get ice cream, and then he makes his play on him. Uh. Uh-uh. It's not okay. It's not okay. See, and i want you to look at something i want you to go to genesis 15:16 genesis 15:16 cuz as i said the truth will set us free Anytime anything is in question, the the word of God will always settle the issue. Always. The Bible says in Genesis 15, starting in verse 16, in the fourth generation, they shall come here again for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. This is dealing with um It's really dealing with Abraham talking to God and he's saying, I I don't have no seed. And the Lord's telling him, you know, you're going to have a seed and it's going to be a seed from your bowels, from your uh, body. And um, Abraham is telling him, uh, the Lord is telling Abraham, but you're not able to go in now. You can't go in now because the sin is not full." The sin hasn't reached its level. Somehow in the spirit realm, there's a cap on sin because God is so merciful. God is so patient and kind and loving with us and long suffering. And the Bible talks about how he bears long with us. And here he tells him, you won't be able to go in until the fourth, uh, generation until the iniquity of the Amorites is full. Well, when I researched that out, it's 400 years. But one of the commentators said it's over that time. It's 423 years that God gave them time to repent and to get it together. See, we serve a merciful God. But the sin that's going on in our nation now, and that's why I said I believe coronavirus is a window That God is shaking us, giving us opportunity to come to ourselves, you know, because of the stuff that is going on that is unacceptable with the Lord. Again, I ain't talking about man. A whole lot of stuff is okay with man, but it is not okay with God. And you didn't write the script. God wrote the script. Look at Genesis 18, 22. Excuse me, Leviticus 18.22 Leviticus 18.22 says thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind it is an abomination I mean how clear is that Uh, there's no room for misunderstanding there's no room for a lack of clarity with that and When you look at our world today and the things that are going on, and if God said that you shouldn't do it and he destroyed a whole city, not one city, but two cities, because we always say Sodom and Gomorrah, we have a tendency to think Sodom and Gomorrah was one city. Sodom and Gomorrah were two different cities. And he was going to destroy Zor, but Lot interceded and said, oh, that I can run there. It's a little bitty place. Let me go there to get away. So he said the angels spared Zor because they were going to destroy that too. But the Bible said they destroyed the vegetation, the plants, the land, everything around there, God destroyed. Now, if it wasn't okay then, how is it okay now? How is it acceptable now if if it wasn't okay then. And like I heard John Hagee say, if God does not judge America, he has to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. But it's not just America, it's the world. It's going on everywhere. And I feel like it's worse today than what it was then, even though the Bible said that they circled the house small and great. Every man from the city, small and great, came and circled the house saying, where are they? Bring them out that we may know them. But today, the face of marriage has changed. And not only that, but they are doing things where in terms of trying uh, or in preparation to have a baby. I was sitting here looking at CNN. It's been about six, seven weeks ago now. And they were interviewing a doctor that was on talking about how he had just uh, recovered from coronavirus. And they were saying, you know, you know, we're so glad that you're back and so glad that you're able to kind of jump back into the river and, you know, so sorry. He's saying how it really impacted his life and that he was shut down and wasn't able to deal with his patients, that he was an infertility doctor and that he was working with couples, you know, that all his couples that he's working with have, have had to be put on hold and that he has been working with a same sex couple, working with them to have a baby. Now, and the thing is, I heard the same thing the night before on a Christian station. I don't know what they're doing. i like trying to insert a wound. I don't know what they're doing, but it is, I mean, again, see, where are you? Where are you? Do you think that that is okay with God? Not man, God. The Bible said, examine your own self. See, what is your position? See, you got to stand before God and say, even though you may not be a part of it, you may not be living that type of lifestyle. God still wants to know what's your position? You know, do you know truth from error? Do you know light from darkness, good from evil, no matter who say it's okay? See, Well, who persuaded you that this was okay? What does the B-I-B-L-E say? Because that has to be our measuring rod, that we are judging everything by, not because everybody's doing it and it must be okay, and because this law was passed and because the ex-president said it was okay, or because my favorite movie star says, it's okay, the devil is a liar. When I stand before God, oh, Jesus. Oh, I want it right. I want it right. I'm trying to get it right now in this time that we are in. And go with me over to Leviticus 26, because see, there's a penalty. There's consequences for disobedience there's consequences for things that we just do. And like I said, God is so merciful. God is so gracious. God is so long suffering to give us time. He gave them and they were the heathens 423 years. I believe it was 23 to get it together before they were judged and before they were kicked out. They couldn't go in and take the land and take the promise until their sin was full. Baby, we have reached our level. We are, we are at our cap. We have hit our cap. See, that's why, like, and if we don't get it together in this time frame, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Like, some people are believing and thinking, you're deceived. It's, it's not going to be, it's not going to get any better. And, And the Bible talks about how, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And DC, like that's why it's called DC. You don't know that you're deceived. And it's easy in a sense if you don't know the word of God to be deceived because everybody's doing it and because people in authority said that it's okay. But you've got to know the Bible, because the truth sets us free and it's not okay with El Shaddai. It is not okay with God. Now, if you look at Leviticus 26, and don't get mad at me either. Don't get mad at me because I didn't write this. My name ain't nowhere. I am only a messenger. I didn't write this the same thing that I'm bringing. I, bring, I got to live by all of the same guidelines that I'm bringing forth. And I'm trying to live by them too. And not just now, but I have been. I've repented and made a change in my life a long time ago because I do not want to go to hell. It is real. It is real. And where I was in my life years ago, baby, I was getting ready to bust hell wide open. I made a major change in Jesus name. See, and it's time, if, if, cause it's real, saints, it's real. Where are you going to spend eternity? We are all going to spend eternity somewhere. And it is not a, 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 a bowl of cherries. Believe me when I tell you. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Leviticus 26, verse 21 says, And if you walk contrary unto me, this is God talking, and will not hearken, will not listen unto me, I will bring seven times more plague upon you according to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in numbers and your highways shall be desolate. And then if you jump down to verse 24, he said, Then I will, also, I will also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. We have an opportunity to repent and to turn. Otherwise, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I'm telling you, the Bible talks about like it's so many prayer chains going now you know, and hallelujah for them. hallelujah. I'm not against the prayer chains. I am against your praying that, uh, cause the Bible says they're, they're standing on the scripture, seven Chronicles, seven, 12 and 14, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven will forgive their sins and heal their land. But what you don't realize is that that scripture is is conditional. Number one, it starts off with if, because if you look at verse 13, it talks about God is talking, it's a prayer of Solomon, but God is telling him, if I bring plagues into the land, and if my people turn, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn, turn from their wicked ways, then and only then will I hear from heaven and heal their, no, and forgive their sins and heal their land. The prayer is conditional, saints. Prayer is conditional, beloved, because I don't know who may be watching this, but the hour is now for you to get it together and turn from your wicked ways so that God will hear, forgive, and heal our land. There is a window that is open unto us, and this is our time. I'm going to close on this scripture. Go with me over to Revelation 9 and 20. And Revelation 9 and 20 says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their theft. Come on now. This is your time. We can no longer call evil good and good evil and light darkness and darkness light. We got to know the difference between bitter from sweet truth from error, and turn and repent. God is a merciful God. God is a loving God, a faithful God, a forgiving God, a good God. The Bible saying His mercy endure forever. This is your window. This is your window. This is your time to repent. In Jesus' name, the Lord love you, bless you, and I do too. Bye-bye. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I wanted to give you an opportunity to purchase my new book, uh, Run the Race Marked Out for You. You can always go to www.runtheracemarkedoutforyou.com, or you can hit it up on Amazon. And if you want to reach me, you can always reach me at milkandhoneyministries at gmail.com. Blessings to you now you've been listening to making your mark with God to catch all our past episodes visit makingyourmarkwithgod.com